Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today. Good morning and welcome to worship at the Center for Christian Spirituality at Chapelwood United Methodist Church. We're glad, honored that everyone's here today. As we enter into this time of worship, I would invite you to um, center yourself, to uh, draw near to the Lord, uh, to let go of some things that you might be fully present in worship today. And to do that, I would ask you to uh, simply, as you sit there in your seat, to close your eyes for a moment. And as you um, rest in God's presence, I would invite you to become aware of your breathing, simply noticing your breath as you breathe in, as you breathe out, and again as you notice, let this still you and calm you and center you. I would invite you to um, become aware of your body, 
as you sit there. And I invite you to, um, to move your toes or your ankles as we simply release tension and let it go. Release that into the floor. Perhaps moving your ankles. And gradually, if you would, simply move up your legs to calves, feeling any kind of tension that you carry in your legs, letting that go. Moving up your body to your waist. Again, paying attention to your breath as you do. And perhaps you carry some tension in your shoulders or your neck. Would you simply roll your shoulders for a moment and let that go? Perhaps you'd want to move your neck left to right simply to feel yourself letting go of any tension that you carry there as well. And I would invite you to place your hand over your heart and notice the beating of your heart. as you draw yourself to the center of your very body. And as you rest in God's presence, in whatever way you choose this morning, would you express your openness to God, simply offering yourself to God in this time of worship. Present yourself to God. And as you do, I would invite you to offer this breath prayer as you breathe out, O God. And as you breathe in, open the eyes of our heart. O God, open the eyes of our heart. Yeah. 
May the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus the Christ, give to you a spirit of wisdom and discovery as you come to know him more deeply. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened. Quiet my heart till I can hear there are distractions ever near. Quiet my heart, help me discern what are the lessons I must learn. Quiet my heart till I can hear there are distractions ever near. Quiet my heart, help me discern what are the lessons I
a reading from Luke's Gospel, the sixth chapter. Jesus also told them a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. He also told them a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. I, uh, I heard a story recently that I'd like to share with you. There was a young couple who bought a new home and um, they discovered when they moved in that their kitchen was situated so that as they looked out their kitchen window as they ate breakfast each day, they could see their neighbor's yard. And they could see that their neighbor, who was an elderly woman, would hang her laundry out on a clothesline to dry. We don't do that much anymore. Um, they looked, and uh, one day the, uh, the wife made a comment she said, that woman obviously does not know how to wash clothes. Those clothes are dirty. And um, they kept on eating their breakfast. And that happened time and time and time again. Each time the woman would uh, comment, somebody must, they need to teach her how to wash clothes. Those clothes are dirty. And one day they got up and they sat at the breakfast table and they looked out. And the woman looked at the clothes and she said, the, some, they're, they're beautiful today. They're all shiny. They're clean. Somebody must have taught her how to wash clothes correctly. And her husband simply said, I got up early this morning and I washed our windows. <laughs> there, there is so much truth in that. Sometimes it's not our neighbors, it's not their clothes, it's our ability to see. And uh, the passage that Jesus uh, has uh, shared this morning in this parable is uh, the importance of seeing clearly, seeing with the eyes of the heart, and also listening to the right people in your life. I wonder if there are people in your life who have taught you to see clearly, who've taught you to see with the eyes of the heart. It's so easy for us as people to simply see the exterior of what's going on in a person's life and not really see underneath. But what we're called to do is to see with the eyes of the heart, to understand the heart of another person, their life, their circumstances. So I would simply ask you to reflect on your life for a moment and see who those teachers are in your life who have taught you to see more clearly to see with the eyes of your heart and not simply with your physical eyes. Who are you being taught by? Who are you listening to? Would you sit with that for just a moment?
Jesus says, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take out that speck in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Well, I got an email this week. <laughs> and in this email, this email was communicating a, um, a new method of, uh, of doing something around, around here at church. As I read this email, I read, oh no, I have let them down. I am not doing my job. I'm not pulling my weight. I have disappointed the church. And I just felt it rising, y'all. <laughs> so I sent an email back and I said, listed the ways that I was contributing in this area, that I really thought that I was putting my best foot forward. But I didn't want them to be disappointed in me. Friends, I was scanning. I was scanning for how I had let people down. I was scanning for how I was underperforming. When I told Michael about this, he laughed. He said, oh, Rachel. <laughs> oh, but what you scan for, you find. Turns out, I was wrong. When I went to the person who, from whom the email, who sent me the email, she said, oh, no, not at all. But what you scan for, you find. And what I was looking for was either affirmation or disappointment. There it was. I had a log in my eye. And I thought it was just a speck. Every day we come across something that pushes a button in us, don't we? It irritates us. It's like a tiny little splinter, right? Gets in our skin. And man, it's so little, but we notice it. I wonder today, what's your log that you think is just a speck? <laughs> I wonder... Where are your irritants? What buttons have been pushed on you recently? Because that's what we, when we're asleep, we're scanning for those, for those things. But when we're awake, when we're soft, when we're open, when we're compassionate, that's what we'll find.
simplicity poverty humility holy love and surrender God within all grant me As I die to more of me, help me walk in obedience, God over all, virtues transcending, love The living Christ says, no excellent tree makes corrupt fruit, nor again does a corrupt tree make excellent fruit, for each tree is known by its fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes <coughs> ripely picked from a bramble bush. The ripe and good human out of the good treasury of the heart brings forth the good. The troubled human out of the troubled treasury of the heart brings forth the trouble. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The living Christ says, no excellent tree makes corrupt fruit, nor again does a corrupt tree make excellent fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes ripely picked from a bramble bush. The ripe and good human, out of the good treasury of the heart, brings forth the good. 
the troubled human out of the troubled treasury of the heart brings forth the trouble. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Often when I've heard this passage either read or when I've read it myself, um, especially growing up, I, I, I tended to see this very black and white. Um, and often the way it gets translated contributes to that. There are good people and there are evil people. And the good people say the good things and the evil people say the evil things. Um, but really what Jesus is saying can easily get lost in translation because clearly this is from na- th- this is the imagery from nature. It's very organic. It's about when a tree is healthy, it will produce healthy fruit, and it'll be ready to pick when it's ripe. When it's not ripe, it's not ready to be picked and to be eaten and to be enjoyed. And if a tree is unhealthy, it's not going to produce healthy fruit. And Jesus is telling us humans are the same way. When there's something troubling us, which the word for evil in Greek is based on a word that means trouble or pain. So it's not just a categorically evil person, but it's someone who is troubled, who is in pain in some way. And when someone is speaking something that is troubling and hurtful, It's coming from the treasury of their own heart that is troubled, as Jesus says here. It's not evil as in like that person is just categorically evil. They're troubled, and they might not even know it. The same is true for us. Thinking about this irritant of the eye, (coughs) I I wear contacts. And so if there's something on that contact when I put it in my eye, it, it irritates me. And, and I can be in a bad mood until I, I get that out, especially if, I, if something gets in my eye and I'm away from the contact solution and I'm having to like survive <laughs> with this irritant in my eye. I, I can feel bad. I feel sick maybe. I, I, I feel frustrated and, and irritated, right? When the eye is irritated, we're irritated. And sometimes that comes out on other people. This is what Jesus is saying about the eye of the heart. When there is an irritant in it, when it's troubled, trouble comes forth from us in some way. So I I simply invite you to consider this teaching of Jesus in this light. And maybe the very thing that you reflected on earlier, something that irritated you, if you are able to turn that inward. Something outside irritated you, maybe. A person said something or did something. <clears throat> but then to turn that inside and say, well, why was that irritating me? What, what button did that push? It's something inside me. It's something that's obstructing the eye of my It's something troubled in my own heart. And if we can get in touch with that, then... Healing can happen. Um, 
sometimes I've noticed that when I'm when I'm angry about something, it's 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 elucidating one of my ego ideals as as a nine on the Enneagram, which is that I'm peaceful and I'm comfortable. <laughs> and I can notice if something is hitting that that's making me not feel comfortable, that's making me not feel peaceful, I can get angry about that. But as I dig underneath that, a lot of times it's a kind of a sadness that I, I've lost control in some way. And I'm not living up to my ego ideal as well. So I offer that as an example of like this irritant, there's something underneath it that needs the loving light shined on it so that it can heal, so that it can be restored to health in some way. So that ripe, fruitful actions and words can emerge from us. That we can put out the good into the world and not the trouble in the world. So may we cultivate um, the good, excellent, treasury of the heart.
O merciful and compassionate one, Father of glory, source and origin of light and wisdom and revelation, we pray that the eye of our hearts might be enlightened, that you would help us to remove whatever irritants block it, and when we've done all that we can, that you would remove that which we cannot. We wish to be open and receptive. We wish to be a clear channel of your vision and of your love into the world. Help us, we pray. And so we come to this table this table of Christ who shows us how to live into fullness of life. We come to this table listening for your words of grace. We come to this table wishing to be filled with your presence and your strength. That this bread might become bread for this journey and this cup might be the inner life and presence of Christ in us. And so we remember that on the night before he gave his life for us, Jesus took bread and gave thanks to you, our source and origin, and broke it. And gave it to his beloved friends and said, take this. Eat this. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in deep remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup and he poured it. And he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples and said, This is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you and for many. Take, drink, and every time you do, remember me. Friends, we have three communion stations that we invite you to. At the station at the organ, we have a gluten-free option as well as a prepackaged option. So you'll just need to tell your communion server and they will help you with that. Let us pray. Oh God, pour out your gifts, pour out your spirit on these gifts, these gifts of bread and of cup that they might be for us, the body and the life of Christ, that we might be a healing presence in this world, even as we too are being healed. Amen.
It's been good to be together. We're so glad that each of you were able to join us this morning in this room or online. Something beautiful happens here every week. And more beautiful things happen um, throughout the week. Over at the Anchor House, in just a little while, we'll be having um, a group, a class called the Heart of the Enneagram. If that interests you, we would love to have you. Anyone is welcome at any time. On Wednesdays on Zoom, we have our class. Um, and this week, we're going to be looking at the Peter's song, I Desire to Please You, um, inspired by the, uh, by the prayer of Thomas Merton that is so very famous and means so much to so many of us. We, Wick will be leading us in that time as we dive deep into not only the song but the prayer. And finally, next Sunday, the 20th, after worship, we are going to, for those who wish, to gather back in the chapel after coffee and offer a blessing to Martin and Elaine Mayo as they set out 
on their big move. Um, so we would invite you to come re-enter this space, and we will um, offer a thanksgiving and a blessing for them. And then our community gathering at 1130 uh, next Sunday at Pastino's in Uptown, where we can enjoy fellowship with one another um, over shared table. So as you sit in this space, we invite you to linger as long as you need to and listen for the word, God's benediction that comes from the voice within. Listen and receive that. Amen. Thank you.